It's Friday, November 8th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. This week, we saw a shift in the pro-democracy protests in Hong Kong. One person has died. Politicians are being attacked in the streets. We'll tell you what this latest round of violence could mean for the city's future. Then, billionaire Michael Bloomberg is considering a 2020 run for president. First stop, Alabama? And finally, why the impeachment inquiry on Capitol Hill is starting to stink, literally. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. The most complicated story today is about Hong Kong. If you're a longtime listener, you've heard us talk about the pro-democracy protests going on there since June. But over the last week, things have really taken a turn for the worse. And today marked what could be the first death related to clashes between protesters and police. So today we're going to get into the latest from Hong Kong, how these protests have evolved and intensified, and where things could go from here. It's been a violent and emotional week in Hong Kong. On Sunday, protesters clashed with police at malls across the city. The same day, a man with a knife attacked multiple people before literally biting off part of the ear of a pro-democracy politician. It wasn't the only instance of violence directed at politicians. On Wednesday, a pro-China lawmaker was stabbed in the chest by a man who'd pretended to be his supporter. And today came the news many had been fearing for months. A student has died after clashes between police and protesters. It could be the first death directly connected to confrontations with police. On Monday, the 22-year-old fell down one level from a parking garage as police were dispersing protesters with tear gas. He suffered brain injuries and went into a coma. This morning, he passed away. It's unclear why exactly he fell, but police are investigating. News of the death drove protesters into the streets for rallies and vigils. Here's how one protester responded when asked about the emotions in Hong Kong today. Sadness, anger, helplessness. As time passes, the deep divisions in Hong Kong are becoming pervasive. Tensions in Hong Kong are so high, people don't even want to sit in the same restaurant as people who don't share their opinions. People are reportedly using apps to digitally mark shops based on whether they support the protests or not. Businesses that support the protesters get a yellow icon, and shops sympathetic to the government and to China get blue. Even Starbucks has become a target. Pro-democracy protesters allege the company that runs its Hong Kong franchises is too sympathetic to China. Several Starbucks have had windows smashed in or been covered in graffiti. At least one was reportedly set on fire. As this us-versus-them mentality deepens, reporting by The Washington Post found that some scholars are sounding the alarm about how both sides are talking about each other, saying this is a bad sign for Hong Kong's future. For example, police were recently filmed reportedly telling protesters they were, quote, not even worthy to be human, you are just an animal, and you're a cockroach. The scholars the Post interviewed say the word cockroach was used during the Holocaust and the Rwandan genocide, and that it's the kind of language that emboldens people to respond with violence. So what does happen next? It's hard to say. The protesters initially took to the streets in response to a proposed bill in the Hong Kong legislature that would allow certain criminals to be sent to China for trial. That bill was a reminder of the ticking clock in Hong Kong, the city will come under full Chinese control in 2047. 
But until then, it's supposed to enjoy its unique economic and democratic freedoms. The government ultimately scrapped the bill. But as the protests turned more violent, the demands of protesters shifted. Now, they say they want the government to launch an independent investigation into violence by officers. They want amnesty for arrested protesters and direct elections for Hong Kong's leader, who's right now chosen by a committee stacked with pro-Beijing supporters. Probably a safe bet they won't get all those things from Hong Kong or from China. And as the standoff becomes more violent, it's unclear what will resolve the crisis in Hong Kong. So what's the scam? The longer the protests in Hong Kong continue, the longer the list of protest demands grows, and the more signs emerge of Hong Kong society being ripped in two. Hong Kong's tourism sector, which used to be profitable, is way down, and retail sales are sliding by a record amount. Over the past few months, Hong Kong officially slid into a recession. Its economy shrank more than 3%. For context, Hong Kong hasn't seen a drop that bad since the Great Recession back in 2008 and 2009, a huge deal for a city whose economic stability helped integrate it into the global economy. And others have said the recent attacks on politicians that we mentioned earlier could be used as justification to postpone local elections scheduled in Hong Kong later this month. So much for what's left of Hong Kong's democracy. If and when protests end, a lot of what once set Hong Kong apart, like its status as an economic powerhouse and an oasis of stability and democracy in Asia, could be forever changed. Coming up, the 2020 field might be getting even bigger by about $52 billion. That's next. We have something big on our minds, and we think you might too. The 2020 presidential election is less than a year away. We want you at the polls with us next year, informed and ready to vote. That means you'll need to be up to date on all the candidates and the big issues they're talking about, like health care and immigration. You're in luck because we're breaking it all down for you. Voting made easy. Check it out at theskim.com slash 2020. Michael Bloomberg knows what you're thinking. There just aren't enough people running for president. Yesterday, we learned that the billionaire businessman is considering throwing his name in the Democratic race for 2020. Bloomberg is the 77-year-old former mayor of New York City. Net worth, a casual $52 billion. Politically, he's known as a centrist. He started his career in the 60s, working on Wall Street. He went on to start his own company. Back then, he was a Democrat. He switched to Republican to run for mayor in 2001. Then he registered as an independent before switching back to Democrat last year. Maybe he's finally made up his mind. If Bloomberg does enter the race, that would put the Democratic field at 18. But there's a big but. Bloomberg hasn't 100% made up his mind. Being unsure seems to be on brand for him. He considered running for president in 2016, and then again ahead of 2020. But in March, he said, mm, better not, that even though he thought he could beat President Trump, he wouldn't run in such a crowded field. His advisors were also concerned he would have a tough time going up against former VP Joe Biden. Well, fast forward eight months, and Biden is looking like less of a sure thing than he used to. And now Bloomberg is planning to file paperwork to formally enter the race in the state of Alabama. You may have seen these headlines and thought, why Alabama? It's because it has the earliest filing deadline in the country for candidates to get on the primary ballot. Although Alabama's primary isn't until March 3rd. The number one thing Bloomberg cares about is beating Trump. 
and he doesn't think the current cast of candidates can make it happen. Here he was at the Aspen Institute last week. I have my reservations about the people running and the way they're campaigning and the, the promises they're making that they can't fulfill. But candidates who've been late to enter a presidential race don't have a great track record. The website 538 crunched the numbers going back to 1976 and found that non-incumbent candidates who became their party's nominee have, on average, started their campaigns almost a full year before the Iowa caucuses. By that benchmark, Bloomberg is many months behind. So does he have a shot? Recent polls showed that the majority of Democratic primary voters are satisfied with the field as it is. Bloomberg would also be the second billionaire to enter the Democratic primary contest, at a time when the progressive wing of the party has been speaking out against wealth inequality and in favor of taxing the rich. But his billionaire status could allow him to self-fund his campaign, meaning he could spend all his energy campaigning instead of raising money in the limited time left until voting starts. Again, Bloomberg hasn't actually entered the race yet. But if he does, he could give the candidates, including President Trump, a literal run for their money. When you hear about concussions in sports, you probably think about football. But a new study this week points to an alarming new stat about girls who play soccer. According to the journal Pediatrics, when it comes to high school sports, female soccer players get concussions at almost the same rate as boys who play football and are more prone to getting them than boys who play soccer. The concussions most commonly occurred when players were heading the ball, you know, hitting it with your head. It's not exactly clear why girl soccer players have this higher rate of concussions compared to the boys. One theory is that girls are more likely to report their symptoms than boys are. Whatever the explanation, this study is putting a spotlight on larger concerns soccer players have about CTE, the degenerative brain disease often found in athletes after repeated head traumas. In fact, soccer stars Abby Wambach, Megan Rapinoe, and Brandi Chastain have all said that after they die, they'll donate their brains to CTE research. If you want to learn more about the history of concussions in football, we've got a guide for that. You can find a preview of it on our website at theskim.com slash guides, or get the full guide by downloading the Skim app. Before we go today, we have a fun fact coming to you from inside the U.S. Capitol, where impeachment literally smells. For weeks, House committees have been holed up in a secure conference room hearing testimony as part of the impeachment inquiry into President Trump. To set the scene for you, it's a room reportedly built for one committee plus staff, but it's being used by three committees at once. In a recently released transcript from one of the hearings, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff, says, quote, My staff tells me it started to smell like a locker room in here. According to the AP, the top Republican on the Oversight Committee, Mark Meadows, agrees. He said this week, quote, it was hot today. The air wasn't on right. Turns out there's at least one thing Congress can agree on. Now someone go get them a Glade plug-in. And that's all for Skim This. Thank you so much for listening this week. And don't forget to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. 
SkimHQ is off on Veterans Day to honor those who've served. We'll be back in your ears on Tuesday. And so will our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, which you can sign up for at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. 